Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? Hello. We just had a little political round tri- table before yeah. the show started. <laughs> my blood is pumping. Yeah, that's right. Veins popping out of my foreheads right now. I'm just, I'm just, oh. I'm Adam heated. got us on our high horse. You're, Nick and I, I just fucking heated. screaming yeah. about the state of the union. And I'm just sitting here with my arms crossed, just watching, <laughs> seeing what I created. Inflation! Yeah, inflation! <laughs> Do not get us going, man. Nick Why is my pasta $1.20 per box? <laughs> Beef, so expensive. Dude, we're 26, dude. We're 26 years old. I love it. Why Why are we like 70-year-olds at the fucking coffee shop just screaming at each other about this nonsense? Nika, you've been 70 years old for a very long what time. What are we doing? Why are you know, we wasting you know, our lives? Dude, you know what gets me really fucking heated? What? Because I'm, I, as you guys both know, I've been watching Mad Men, and oh, anytime uh, they mention the price of anything, <laughs> I lose my fucking mind. They're like, uh... They're like, oh, I'm going to give you a Christmas bonus. Like, here's $100. The Christmas <laughs> bonuses? Oh, God. We're going to get Christmas bonuses. <laughs> they pay for, like, they have, like, 10 <laughs> glasses of, like, high shelf scotch. And then they give the guy a $10 bill. What's I'm like, it? what the fuck? But it's not even a joke. That's what it, that's what no, it actually was. That's this why it's so infuriating. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> bonuses. Is that the Jared Harris character? Yeah, late yeah, price. Right. Are you at that part yet? Nick, you must be, uh, right? I think so. I mean, I'm in season four now, so I'm in the thick of uh, it. No, I don't think you're quite at that then. I won't I mean, there it. was Christmas bonuses last season, but... The, uh, Lane Price likes to use the term Christmas bonuses, <laughs> but he always says, it's time for the Christmas bonuses. <laughs> you know what I just realized the other day that blew my mind, and I'm an idiot for not realizing it, uh, like I'm really an idiot, yeah. is uh, the fact that that's uh, Richard Harris's son. I had no idea. Not a fucking Jared Harris is Richard Harris's son. I had no clue. And then I think about it, I'm like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's this incredible light bulb that went off. He sounds ex- the ex- exactly the same, looks exactly the same, aside from the red hair. And that's It's like, yeah, of course. They both have an affinity for Christmas bonuses. <clears throat> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas bonuses. Uh, Jared Harris would have been a great Gandalf. Or not Gandalf, fucking... Uh, what's what, uh, Gandalf? <laughs> what, Saruman? Dumb, Saruman? No. Dumbledore? Dumbledore? <laughs> Dumbledore? Okay. I under Gandalf too. I mean, I under I'm show my way out. I understand the the error there. I'm gonna Nico. see myself out. Actually, speaking of Lord of the Rings, I sent you guys that video. The yeah. Lord of the Rings intro. yeah. Doesn't that look sick? I'm excited. I'm sure Nico is just jazzed. Uh. I, I mean, saw Bezos in front of that sign. I'm like, hard pass, my guy. Hard pass. I think that whole practical effects intro is a political move to, like, get hype for the show. Yeah, I think I so, think it, because, because of all of the, like you mentioned, Adam, actually, because of the negative reactions to the special effects of the Hobbit movies as mm-hmm. opposed to the Lord of the Rings movies, which were all practical, I, I literally think this is just like a stunt. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. It looks right. awesome, though. It, it, it looks so cool. It but there's does. no way they're not using CGI and special effects. Well, it's in the also show. one of those things where it's like, 
Amazon has unlimited amounts of money, and we're going to show you just what that means. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to spend this much time making this intro practical. It could be a very practical show. One of my it favorite could. things... It no, half a billion dollars to make. I right? would hope so. No, one of my favorite things about... Literally, the, it costs half a billion, right? I know. It's the most expensive it's make that back. production of anything ever. Yeah. That is nuts. I think it'll make it back. I think Amazon only paid half of... Well, I don't think Amazon... I think Bezos is literally like, I want these characters to be my action figures in real life. You don't... Yeah. Don't don't forget, Bezos is a giant fucking nerd. Yeah, this I don't guy think it is really guy matters. Grew up, he grew up reading sci-fi and fantasy books, and yeah. then he opened up a bookstore, and yeah. somehow that became a billion-dollar business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting a billion dollars worth of subscribers to watch The Lord of the Rings show, you know? Yeah. And what did they pay? They paid, I think, half a billion for the rights to do it, mm-hmm. and then another half a billion for the production itself. There's a Dune miniseries coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> so. I mean, that's... Okay, not as expensive as that, I would imagine. But also, like, I don't... Bezos is at the point now where he's like, I can send Captain Kirk to space if I want. That's true. And yeah. that's what I think a lot of this... He's divorced now... You know, he wears no, this is for low him. cut button for downs him. like Nick showing a lot of man cleavage. He's dating supermodels and he's fucking God. You know. It's going to get to the point, though, where it's like making a 500. Well, I guess it's already there, but making a 500 billion dollar TV show is just the saddest thing in the world for him because he's already done like 20 of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's yeah. Now he's just trying to relive his child. Exactly. 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 That's what's become of the billionaires. It used to be like Carnegie and Rockefeller and like, you know, well, they the used to Titans. drink and smoke cigars. And now they're just like little boys right now. They're like they get so old and they've made it to the top of the world. Now I'm going to use the world as my sandbox. Yeah, I'm going to make flamethrowers and sell them. Right. Right. And and participate in sex trafficking, among other things. Well, that's another issue. (laughs) We're a silly country, aren't we? We're, we're just a silly country. We're a little goofy. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's your response to that? Is, we're well, not oh, the so pedophile silly. stuff. Oh, those the, crazy <laughs> kids and their sex trafficking. <laughs> not the Epstein. Silly little boys. <laughs> no, but it's like... <laughs> Jesus. It's like Bezos is like, I want to put Kirk in space. It is true, yeah. though, yeah. I'm going to burn all these fossil fuels on the way up, but we're sending Kirk to space. He could get Harrison Ford and just like model the ship after the Millennium Falcon. Oh, he could do it. Harrison Harrison Ford will do a lot of things for money. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> many of things for money. We're silly. Um, I have a I have a note to enter into the record from Joe DeFeo, frequent guest of the show, friend of the show, loser of the Watati three times in a row. <sighs> yeah, this true, year to the pots true. and pans. <laughs> He's really in on the pots and pans rivalry, by the way. He's mad. Oh, is he, he like, oh, is he's he serious about it. Mm-hmm. He's going to like challenge the pots and pans to like a wrap off or something. You know what his Christmas <laughs> present is this year? And you must send it to him. Some, some pots and pans. Have to. Oh. <gasps> well, now we gave it away. Sorry. Well, he'll forget. You can cut this out. You can cut yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, good point. Bleep it. Bleep it. <laughs> I hate myself for agreeing with Adam on the last pod. I think he's referring <laughs> to the, the Hodorowsky oh, pod. Oh, no. <laughs> But I felt redeemed when I realized that he doesn't have a humorous bone in his body, and if he can't understand the majesty and wonder of dirty work, then he should really reconsider his life choices to this point. Aw, that's sweet. Also, I'm glad Nick is feeling better. (laughs) Aw, that was sweet. Please enter into the record my thoughts. Nah, Joe, dirty work's not that funny. Dirty work. (laughs) Dirty Dirty work. Dirty work. It's, it's, it's fine. DeFeo will like send me like a write up after every podcast of just like, you know, he's obsessed with corrections and, you know, and notes and addendums. Any opportunity to make me look like a fool, which is not that hard to do. Not that hard. 
uh, he he jumps on that shit quite quickly. Not better. So thank you, Joe. A spirited <laughs> debate in the Discord about our comedy takes. Uh, about SNL. But it's still going. It's still is going it? right now. It's live. actually going like, on as we speak. Yes, like hell? twenty minutes ago it was as recent as the last message. I mean, do people like SNL? Is that what actually no? The consensus seems to be that <laughs> SNL kind of okay, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the 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 bigger debate is really whether SNL matters at all. We seem to give it a lot more credence than everybody else thinks it has. Really? Oh. Which I, I, I would push back on a little bit. I think that people under... I was telling Nico before the show, actually. Right. I, I, I think people underestimate the soft power of just, like, pervasiveness existing mm-hmm. and how that influences people over time. I, I think people underestimate that. Dan's whole point was that the fact that we're even complaining about SNL gives SNL too much credit as a cultural force. He might be right. Which, which is a fair argument, I think, but... I don't know, man. I think a lot of people are influenced by it over the years. I completely agree. I don't think that's a a stretch at all, though. That's and that's one of the things we were coming together on. Like, no, this stuff like somehow connects with people and it does have an importance. I mean, I see people reference it far too often or sometimes even use it to, you know, make arguments about certain political stances, which is completely silly to me. (laughs) Maybe it's just because we all studied like comms. So like we we looked at like we've looked at media from like the 1800s and how it's like influenced up till today. Mm -hmm. Like we all were in the same fucking college classes so yeah. of course we all have the same thoughts on these things <laughs> what a fucking waste of time what a waste of time all those classes were yep. well i think okay i won't try to speak for dan but i will i'll give you the two rebuttals that i imagine he would throw in your direction number one would be that the bubble that you're in living in suburban connecticut and sort of a young media literate crowd i think maybe over inflates the value of something like snl com- you know compared to um a state like Nebraska where Rob lives. Mm-hmm. That would be number one. And number two, like those people are perhaps engaging in the same sort of game that we're engaging in, which is they believe that Saturday Night Live is important because it says that it's important or that Hollywood or the media at large say that it is important. <laughs> but as Dan put in the chat, it's like SNL was always created and operated by created for and operated by rich white liberals yet liberals continue to lose elections time and time again and yet we continue to pretend that like that's the institution that's the norm just because they say it's the norm you know well they're good at manufacturing that image for sure yeah which i think is is correct and and i I don't know who some guy 76 is but he put in the chat i'm a rich old white liberal and i think that snl stinks on ice (laughs) good thank you thank you thank you i'm a rich old white liberal (laughs) I love this title. <laughs> With jowls. <laughs> I'm George Soros, and I think SNL sucks. Uh, I wear a I scarf and a cardigan yeah. <laughs> while I drink my coffee. So, uh, yeah. I love it. I love Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I, I don't yeah. think anybody, I don't think it, in Ohio I've ever heard anybody talk about SNL. Definitely not in the wild. You know, in definitely not like in bars places or in like the grocery store. Like, did you see Jim Carrey's Joe Biden impression yesterday? Like, I don't same where like, I don't think people are talking about Colbert's monologue the following day. Yeah, but there are people that watch it. People don't talk about a lot of things in the media as much. And well, in terms of entertainment anymore, it kind of it comes and you talk about it for a second and that's gone. What do you think the last thing was that people Th- talked about? 
endlessly as a water cooler sort of, you know, monocultural experience. It. It. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't talk to a single person about it. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of it conversations. <laughs> you guys are, <laughs> and you guys are quite out of it because I had entirely too many conversations. How many of them did you it, instigate? <laughs> none of them. Because I don't care about the conversation. No, yeah, but you have a like lot of creepy TV clown friends, though. I don't. You say what? this every you fucking time. You have creepy, you I, creepy no, clown no, friends. No, shut you the do. Fu- you talk shut to up. people that you're are not scared of creepy like clowns. Like Little <laughs> You're friends with a bunch of clowns. No, literal you are, clowns. Literal clowns. <laughs> you are my creepy clown friends, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, what was the last big TV show that everybody was in on? Game of Thrones, there, I guess. Was it Game of Thrones? And I mean, even Game of Thrones had what, like, six million people watch the finale? Yeah. And like thirty well, million were watching any given episode of Seinfeld. Okay, I have a better question. What's the thing that people talked about when it was out, and they're still talking about now, even though it's technically gone? Mad Men. Yeah. No. <laughs> you see, no one was no, watching. Wait, that's Mad just Men. me. No, just, that's just I, me. Because <laughs> Nick just bombards me with fucking Mad Men. <laughs> that was funny all day long. Yeah. Just well, I was messaging the- Nico in in the chat with Nico and Rob. Right. And Rob had never seen it, and Nico's like, "You know, Adam's seen it." So I started messaging in the chat with you, right. and then Adam's like, "Yeah, I never finished it. It's okay." Yeah. And so I just gave up, and now I just message yeah. Nico so directly. Nick just bombarded. Dude, you got to rewatch Mad Men. It's like, bro, I just finished my rewatch. <laughs> like, like where the week. fuck what have you been? <laughs> I also started texting Jimmy. About it, oh, Jim, oh, fucking Jimmy loves Mad Men. That's funny. <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy is John Slattery in that show. Uh, oh my God. He is Roger Sterling. Uh, what a program! Uh, but you're right. I don't know a lot of people that like 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 we chilled out and just talked about Mad Men. You're right about Game of Thrones, but that burned up in fire, and see, everyone hates it. Now. Much like you have creepy clown friends, though, I have drink whiskey during the day and see friends. I probably have more of those friends than you do. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the people I'm referring to. Okay, and yes, I promise you. It was the shit when it was out. Okay? I have lucky it just was. cigarettes. Yes. Friends, you know, that's really. I, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I know you do. <laughs> I, I've had nobody talk to me about it. That ever. is so fucking weird, guys. That was, I remember, the number one. Actually, we're going to talk about Scream in a yeah. future podcast this weekend. Scream was the number one grossing R rated horror movie of all time until it came around. Yes. And then it just ate its lunch. I mean, Stephen King, beloved uh, remake, right? I guess it was big. I guess. Yes, guys. It's it's, it, it was very, I mean, very Stephen, big. Stephen King is like the big. No, I, I'm not even saying it's not big. I just, I don't. And nobody ever talked to me about it. That's so weird. bizarre. I mean, it's yeah. not as big as Spider-Man, though. Like, Spider-Man was bigger, wasn't it? No. It's true. That, no one's talking about that shit now. Really? No. Yeah, that kind of dissipated after three days. I've had a conversation with it to you guys and nobody else. And I don't instigate movie conversations, dude. I just I and I, think I do it. In, I do wise. it enough here. That, I do wise. it enough here. That's wise. Yeah, I try not talking about movies outside yeah. of this. Isn't that weird? Don't mix business with pleasure. I don't. Like, that's a hundred. No. Well, I mean, you're just not getting the quality of conversation no. outside, and then you end up looking like a prick. That's true. Oh, you're worried about how you will sound when well, you talk I about was, your movies. I was actually splitting the Sigibril the other day. Oh God! Believe it or not, because because he was like, oh, you're like. You talk to like chicks about Tarantino all the time, and I go, I, I don't know, I don't talk, no. I don't talk shop with the ladies. <laughs> Adam, on the other hand, occasionally a little let it dip in. Occasionally he'll, you know, let his fucking 
I can't help is myself. Is George Miller come is that, out? Is that what it is? <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, it is the funniest thing when a when a girl has uh, <laughs> is I have like, to explain to him. I don't mansplain, but every once in a while, Adam does. <laughs> when I hear the words like like uh, I don't know, like oh, I liked Alien. You liked Alien. Now you can't help yourself. Ooh, you like Alien? Wow. I've seen you do it the other way. I've seen you do it the other way. I've seen some people be like, I love bridesmaids. And then you perk up and you're like, what the hell's the matter with you? I've seen it. Oh, you mean get mad at them? I've seen it. I used to call people stupid for having certain opinions. I've seen it. I don't do that. I don't do it to that extent anymore because that was mean. (laughs) And I've matured a little bit. Just a little bit. You you know the meme of the sweaty guy in the club that like grabs the woman is like explaining in her ear like... So last oh, yeah. night I was down three fantasy points and all I needed was two catches from Justin Jefferson. Like, you know, like, that'll be- and she's just zoning out like, I don't want to be here. That, <laughs> is, that is you with Blade Runner 2049 a lot. Uh, with whom? Who the hell did I talk to about fucking Blade Runner? <laughs> I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it. Okay. Don't lie. I've seen it. I would it. agree with Mad Max. I'm not sure about Blade <laughs> so, Runner. <laughs> when I'm talking about movies with other people, nine times out of ten, it's me telling them, you want to watch some weird shit? I got a list for you. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen House? It's a Japanese film. Check it out. That's like 90% of what I'm doing. I do prank recommendations. I tell people to watch Pink Flamingos all the time, and I don't tell them what oh it's my about. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a big one. Or I'll be like, yeah, Solo's a fun one. You know, it's a decent little period, <laughs> oh. period drama. Nice brisk watch. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. You know, Irreversible. It's got a great romance scene. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> You won't want to miss a second. You won't want to miss a second. The whole thing. Every frame. You won't get up for a pee break once. (laughs) Uh, God Uh, damn it. Yeah, don't... uh, Don't watch any of those films. No. (laughs) No, Any of those films previously mentioned. Do not watch. Yeah. And don't talk shop outside of the the confines of this podcast. (sighs) We don't talk shop. We don't do it. No, we don't. No. Uh, Hodorowski. Yeah. Hodorowski January. I feel like there was something else I needed to bring up. Uh was there the, something the, else? the 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 more deaths that occurred this week. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh. Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. We should shout out Meatloaf. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we should. My Had, dad was super upset about that one. Big yeah. bad out of hell guy. Yeah. Yeah. He wore the treads off those fucking records? Probably. Yeah. He listens to it every day when I come home now. <laughs> It's really weird. I played I wouldn't do anything I would do anything for love, but I won't do that about twenty times yesterday. <laughs> Just screaming it in the car to myself. I am not surprised at all. <laughs> what do you think that that is? And I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Anal. That was Nick's. That's answer. what I said. Anal. I think it's anal. No, no, no. Ass licking. It's definitely ass licking. See, I I, yeah. I went more broadly and I just said cunnilingus. Cunnilingus? what? I don't think Meatloaf eats pussy. I think he I think he loves eating <laughs> pussy more than anything. <laughs> I think that's what he does before before even making out. <laughs> the go-to is eating pussy. <laughs> we got to figure. Does he ever say? He must have said one time Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking. I had a friend once who Oh, okay. So in the song, I'm sorry. I, I have the answer. Oh the no. The woman is giving all of the usual reasons that men cheat. And he says he won't do that. He won't cheat. Oh. It's about being faithful. Oh, I think it's about anal. Uh, see, that's not how the song plays to me. Yeah. I would do anything for love, but this is the exception. 
Why would you cheat for love? I guess if you love the other woman, sure. Right, but. so he's saying I would do a lot of things for sex, but I won't cheat on you. Okay, yeah, that's right. No. It's, it's about eating puss. It's about eating <laughs> Why is eating pussy <laughs> the, the thing for you? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that's the thing that, like, no, he's not eating pussy. As if that's a big <laughs> controversial thing. Sorry. <laughs> it's like that episode of Sopranos where Tony finds out that Uncle Junior eats pussy. <laughs> What are you, you Alan Alda and fucking Horace and Pete? <laughs> like, oh, he says actually, he says that it's he'll never stop dreaming of you every night because that's the lyric. Okay, I, okay. So now what? I'm getting mixed answers here. <sighs> it's a little muddled. The song's a little muddled. Cunnilingus. You know, why cut? No, cunnilingus. It's about <laughs> cunnilingus. Nico, that's weak. It's not cunnilingus. <laughs> no, does not perform. No. <laughs> His name is Meatloaf, Adam. <laughs> All the more reason. <laughs> it's about buying her a car. I won't do that. No car. I once I had this I friend know. who um oh god who uh was uh uh, hooking up with this girl. Oh, see, I who, I knew the story was going to go here. Why did I know? I, uh, so let me finish. Okay. This story. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not a big deal. It's okay. not. It's, it's, don't worry. I had this friend who was uh, hooking up with this girl who was into witchcraft, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> what? And you don't have scary clown friends. Get the hell out of here. Walk out of here right now. So she started uh, performing this voodoo ritual, right? <laughs> this kid is just an, a casual Wiccan story you just pulled out of your ass, and you don't think you have creepy clown friends. I got a guy for everything. Okay. <laughs> just like you. So there she was, slaughtering a gaggle of cats. <laughs> let me let me specify that this kid is not <laughs> a gaggle. Blood everywhere. <laughs> This friend of mine is not the type of clown guy. He's just a whore and fucks everything in sight. But, um, but let me finish the story. This is a a delightful story. I love it. No, but yeah, no, she had this. He was telling me, like, Adam, like, the fuck, those fucked up shit happened to me, man. And I'm like, oh, well, well, we were doing a short film. I'm like, okay, let's take five. What do you want to tell me? And, uh, You stopped filming so this guy could... Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like, uh, yeah, what's up, bro? He's like, yeah, yeah, you remember so-and-so from high school? Uh, (laughs) I'm like, yes, I do. Well, uh, bro, she's into witchcraft. I'm like, what? Uh That's nuts. Uh Is she... what, what, What happens? What happens when you're, you know... He's like, well, she wants to... Um, like cut herself and drip it on my stomach while we're fucking, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, cool, Ugh. cool. That's how you said this was gonna be a nice story. Cool, that was. It's not a nice story. I lied, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the pink woman goes. Oh, it's a nice movie. <laughs> That's what the Wiccans do. Yeah, she's like, she wanted to like, like drip it on his stomach oh and then God. like lick her arms in the pro and like, like, like. What the fuck? Drink herself while and, they were doing it, and and to achieve what? Uh, it's like a like a spell bond or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, so they were gonna be mated for life or something. And like they that. broke up. And that after didn't about work. Two days. Right? He didn't talk to her ever again. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. I shouldn't say that. He told me he met up with her like two more times, and they just like you know the spell misfires. They went at <laughs> it, it in like- the shower, and then he was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm done." <laughs> I'm you know, I dated you. a vampire <laughs> once, Adam. 
I yeah, I know that. <laughs> I remember <Yeah>. this story. <laughs> <sighs> you know, it was about the time when she told me that Pete Wentz, the lead guitarist for Fallout Boy, was the one who turned her. It was about that time where I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't think that you're telling the truth. <laughs> Nick, what's the most significant? And then she turned into a bat, and you're like, "I'm not buying it. <laughs> you can't get me. I am not buying it." Nick, Nick what's uh, the most significant red flag you ever got? Some of these probably can't be repeated. On the show. Yeah, probably. Not. I know a couple yeah. of them, and we I'll t- probably I'll tell should. You, I'll tell you off, off air. <laughs> Some of these are an off-air conversation. <laughs> Vampire is uh, pretty good I, though. Yeah. I have one that immediately comes to mind that oh, I will no. not ever say <laughs> oh, in any hot mic situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of bloody sexual encounters. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> oh my god. I, Alejandro Hodorowsky's endless poetry. I, oh look, it's poetic. It rhymes it rhymes. <laughs> uh. Alejandro. So, when you guys told me that this movie was a sequel to the other one, for some reason, I wasn't expecting it to open with the same characters from the other movie and literally be a sequel. You thought more of a spiritual sequel. You're right, right. I thought it was more of a spiritual sequel or something like that. No, it's a literal sequel. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, Alejandro Hodorowsky made this movie in 2016. At the time, he was 88 years old. He's now uh, 93. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus. 93 years of age. This is his second in a planned five movie series about his upbringing and personal life. Jeez. I hope he can do it. His plan is to make five. He's done two so far. All right. And when did do... the first one come out and when the second one come out? 2013. Yeah. And, and then 2018? 16. 16, yeah. Oh, 16. We're not really on pace here. We're no. not on pace. We're not quite on uh, pace. If it comes out next year, even let's say, yeah, and then yes. let's say let's say COVID threw it off, right? Yeah, let's say COVID threw it off, and he's going three years a movie. Uh-huh. That still puts him at a hundred years old when the last movie comes out. Accurate, yeah, one hundred and one maybe. Let's do it. It's possible. He Why could, not? If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Alejandro. Literally only him. Yep. Yeah. Um, he also wants to do the son of El Topo, though. Yeah, we better get going on this, my guy. I mean, yeah. part of the problem was, too, I, I read, um, I think last year that this article came out that he's been in, embroiled in a, in a bit of a legal dispute with the financers of this movie. Apparently, they gave him a check for like half a million dollars. He has yet to pay it back, uh, partly because the movie made no money. <laughs> but of course it made no money. What are you doing financing a sequel to Dance of Reality? I mean... Well, he could probably pay for it now because his Dune book just sold for $3 million. No way. So, <clears throat> Really? Yeah. And now the, wow. guys that, now the guys that bought it want to do an animated series based on that book. Did Martin Screlly fucking buy this shit? I don't know. <laughs> Did he lock it away? <laughs> he, got, he got banned from pharma. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going into comic books. <laughs> That's the next hot industry. <laughs> Didn't he do that with the Wu-Tang album? He paid like $7 yeah. million dollars for it and says, I'm not letting anybody listen to this shit. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, what, yeah. an, like, what a bitter person. <laughs> I mean, like truly a super villain. Truly a Batman villain. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, 
I mean, it like set out to be a Batman villain and succeeded. Speaking of Batman villains, Nico. Too many of them in this new movie. I'm so fucking out. Three hours? Go fuck yourself. Come on, Nico. It's going to be good. Go fuck yourself. It's going to be so good. I I was excited to see Pattinson's Batman just to see it, but I I don't have that kind of time or care. And they're not putting it at HBO Max either, so fuck that shit. Uh, They want me to go to theaters? Yeah. And they want you to sit there for three hours of your day? No. Are you, previews. you're, you're completely full of shit. You know, you're going to see that movie and we're going to talk about it. You are, you, you, of course I'm going to see it, just, you moron. Just, I'm just going to complain about it the whole <sighs> time. Well, it's one of those movies that it's like, if it's good, it's going to be great. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, in my opinion, probably not going to be that good. Why? Too long, too many villains. I don't know. But they, Matt Reeves is a decent director. Yeah. I did like his apes movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks too fucking dark. Like Batman it's, doesn't need to cry every movie. <laughs> you know? I hope his parents die in the movie again. That'd be so funny. We need to see more of that. I shouldn't be laughing when Batman's parents die, but it's getting to that point. <laughs> those pearls better hit the pavement. Or I am not satisfied. It ain't a Batman movie until those pearls hit the pavement. Every individual pearl. I want it scattering. <laughs> Scattering across the alleyway. Want to watch them go into the sewer drain? Yeah. I want them to replay that scene every sequel. (laughs) As a memory. Dude, who fucking goes to the opera anyway? The amount of fucking opera sequences. Alejandro goes to the opera. It's a good point. But he doesn't wear his pearls. Every day is an opera for him. He knows better. Endless poetry. 2016 uh, continues the story that we got in the previous movie and uh, includes all of the Hodorowskiisms that you would expect out of a movie like this. You got the amputees, you got the uh, the, the the absurd amounts of nudity, uh, you have balletic sequences, and uh, lots of bright colors, a lot of red in this movie, a lot of artifice, a lot of artifice, uh, yeah, a lot of very uh, visceral emotional sequences and uh, again Hodorowsky is narrating his own childhood this time his uh, experience as a young man becoming a poet in Chile as he once did Chile poet Chile if you're if you're a prick you can call it Chile Chile uh and yeah I thought the first one was better that would be Agreed. my take. Agreed. Oh, I completely agree. That would be my take. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of why that is. Not that this movie wasn't, again, really well made and, and interesting. I'd go so well, far as to say this one's also quite great. But uh, there, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It didn't leave me with the same wow factor that that first movie did. Now, are know. we just sort of tired of the shtick? Is it like we've seen this all before? Or what do you think? I don't I think, think the, so. Here, I actually have specific thoughts on this. Okay. Um, I think that the first movie... Uh, because of its childlike nature, um, it was more of a blank canvas that can sort of apply to more people. It's more approachable in that <laughs> sense because everybody was a child once and looking at the world from the lens of a child is something everybody can relate to. Whereas this movie felt a lot more personal to him. He's at this point growing into a man with his own ideas, his own worldview, mm-hmm. and I feel like this movie offers a much, much deeper glimpse into uh, understanding Hodorowsky than any of his other films. Perhaps. Yeah. But I also feel like it's more closed off because of that. 
it's not as like ubiquitous as the first one. Like I do understand there's there's an element of the film that is just his own personal like spewings on poetry and yeah. nobody like I don't I've never even met anyone who has even close to the same kind of life experience that this guy goes through in this movie. Yeah. So perhaps it's a little too esoteric, you think? Yeah, there's something a little less approachable maybe. Well, it's, it's 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 him. It's it's for him. You know what right. I mean? Like it's not really both movies are for him though, but I do understand what you you mean. There's also an innocence to that first one I that I think yeah. is missing yeah. sweeter, here, yeah. Where it's like Hodorowski, and I think we were talking about this last time, the the nudity, the explicit sex scenes. There's a real like childlike innocence to them. Mm-hmm. And when you see it through a boy's eye, it's you know, or when you see it through Hodorowski's eye, it's almost like you're seeing it through a boy's eye as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's such like as as obscene and grotesque as a lot of the stuff he puts in his movies are, yeah. there is a sort of like, huh, there's a there's a, a curiosity about the stuff on screen, the content, the actual violence or nudity that somehow makes it a little more okay. It makes it a little less offensive. Is it mm-hmm. bad that this movie is not as innocent though? Because that's not really the point. It's, no, it's not. It's well, I, I think yeah. I think in a, in certain respects, a lot of this stuff was intentional, and a lot of this it's just like you're, you're going to gel with a certain tone over another. I do think they are two distinct movies. They do have two distinct yeah. heroes, and therefore have two distinct point of views. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the larger problem: is that the absence of Brontus as his father <laughs> was really felt here, in my well, opinion. I think there's also an element of the conflict in this movie is um, maybe a lot more internal, a lot less external. So it's ha- a lot harder to right. uh, I had the appreciate same it. Thought. I had the exact same thought. It's not. But, it's less defined, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The conflict in this is like he like the main one I could think of is when, you know, he sleeps with his best friend's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, which you know, bloody. compared compared to the first movie where there's like literal like fascist <laughs> governments and war and starvation and a plague, like it yeah. feels a, a lot less important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But here's what I will say though: I think one of my core arguments about this film is this movie. I think is extremely efficient in the sense that. I feel like I understand Hodorowsky a lot more, and I feel like in order to get the equivalent. Uh, understanding of him, I would have had to sit with him for like 12 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Whereas he manages to get across so many of his ideas that he would have to explain to me much more efficiently yeah. with this visual medium and all of the things he does, yes. all the choices he makes. It's it's very efficient. Yeah, I still feel like I got it. I mean, that that's the thing about his movies, and that's, you know, in the case of Lynch or whatever, whoever sort of abstract, absurdist, surrealist filmmaker mm-hmm. you want to name, like... I need to be able to grasp the underlying emotions here. And if I don't exactly get what you're going for, I think that I cannot understand the plot. But as long as I understand the emotion, that's okay. I can understand the plot. You know, and I think you're right. I think the plot here was also pretty clear, too. But like I, I, I definitely got it. It's one of those things where and I don't think that most people would have a sort of negative reaction in that regard, I'm sure a lot of people would be kind of turned off by well, the artsiness of it all. Well, the same thing we said before. It's like like these two are 
perhaps, you know, I guess you could still argue his more accessible films for that reason. And that like, yeah, the, the, the weirdness of it is off putting, but there is something so sweet and comforting about it in a way that it, it kind of rises above the, the quote unquote weirdness. I'd say this one is more accessible, honestly, if I'm being frank. Yeah. You know, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And well, there's no golden showers. No, that's true. That There's helps. No branding of testicles. No branding of testicles. Well, yeah, when you say accessible, you mean like less like, offensive or like difficult to watch, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. That's that's. All. I think though it has less to offer the average person. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and, and this one does. You mean? Yes, I think yeah. this movie has less to offer the average person than the previous one. I feel like the previous one, I really walked away with a lot of ideas. Okay. Yeah. And, this one kind of just felt like a man's life. Well, I, I wouldn't argue that this movie is not really good and not beautiful and, and moving. I wouldn't either. For, for the majority of the, like, I think it's a really great movie, guys. But yeah, it, my other question is like, yeah, I liked it too, by the way. Yeah, it's I really, just want to say yeah, I liked it's it. It's really good. Maybe we're being unfair by only comparing it to the right. previous what, movie, what, which I also think could be his best movie. That's the problem. It's. I think it. Yeah. It might definitely be his, is. The more I've been I think thinking so. about I don't know it, that definitely. <laughs> I think is. it definitely is. It's all. It's it. For me, it's hard, but yeah, it's close, man. It yeah. could be his best I mean, film. Here's the thing, Adam. For me, it's either that one or El Topo, and I know that oh, you're. Sure. I know that your other one is not El Topo. Your other no, one. Well, is you Holy think Mountain. Holy Mountain is sort of the pinnacle of what Hodorowski is supposed to be, but I, I actually think this might be the pinnacle of what he's supposed. Well, to be. that's why this I, is I his fully of, realized for. That's you know? why I kind of agree that Dance of Reality might because I thought Holy Mountain was, and then I saw Dance of Reality. I'm like, oh, right, hmm. okay. Yeah. My my whole point is that the fact that the three of us may not agree on the Holy Mountain, but we all agree on this one, I think yeah. it's a better indication that it's probably the one. It's but, very telling. The dance but, of reality. But does it even matter? Like, these movies are Absolutely s- not. so clearly not for anybody other than <laughs> Hodorowski. And that's my, that's that's ultimately my point. It's like, like it's well, weird. I get the impression that these movies are, like, made for his kids. Not for him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah in you know what ways. I mean? Like, for, for a way, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, the fact I, that his kids are playing him in all of these movies. Yeah. Or, <laughs> when his know. kids are being branded by the testicles, I'm not sure they feel that way. I'm not sure they think, oh, this is an act of love by my father. He's a very persuasive individual. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's just so weird. Like, like he, he he talked about when making both of these movies, how he he made them just for yeah, he for for himself or just for the you know artistic catharsis. He literally says, "I want to make a movie that loses money on principle." <laughs> what? Well, yeah, that's the thesis statement of the movie. Well, yeah, that's too. a gr- that's a great way to get <laughs> funders. I know. I want. <laughs> I want to lose money. What happened? On I wonder how this legal battle came about. I know, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, your only argument is that endless poetry exists, right? And that's a good thing, but sure, <laughs> that's it. That's all you got. Yeah, it's like you might as well just invest invest in fucking Dogecoin. You know, you just might as well. it's, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, I yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I uh, right. It, it it is almost like when you. What's the point of ranking something so personal? Like there really isn't sort of an objective standard that you can go by here. He's yeah, sort of that's defied all of that. I, I see what you mean. I do want to zero in on this Brontus thing though, Be- uh, and the character is called Jamie, right? His father, Hi, Hi, me. Hi, me. Hi, Hi, me. Hi, me. It's Jamie. We we can say Jamie. We'll say Jamie. I read it, Jamie. This is America, and we speak English. <laughs> it's America. <laughs> we speak American. Uh, <laughs> I, there was something quite moving, and I, I thought the same thing at the end of this movie, 
about Hodorowski grappling with an abusive father and trying to turn him into a hero at the end of this mm-hmm. and at the end of, of dance of reality and also at the end of endless poetry yeah there is something and i was reading um I, I i don't even remember which one of the the screenwriting books i read this in but there was somebody that uh that that wrote you know essentially the one pitfall, one of the many pitfalls that screenwriters often fall into is that they write their point of view characters more flatly than they do their supporting characters. And that's because when you're writing something, you generally make the main character your avatar. And so their only purpose is to observe the world around them. And generally, the characters that are sort of not meant to be the point of view characters are more interesting. And, because you know, you can because, again, like even when you think of your own life, you you think about other people more than you think about your own internal monologue and your own personality ticks or whatever. And I think it's very interesting that Alejandro is the point of view character in both the original movie and this movie. But his father occupies more of the screen time than he does. Mm. And his father is the one with the arc. And he's kind of the Morgan Freeman in Shawshank character just observing from afar. Yeah. And there that's was not some, true in this one. No. Right. That's that's sort of my point. And I think that's why it's a little less potent is that that original movie, it's like the fact that that young boy didn't have a lot of noticeable, observable character traits was sort of forgivable because you had an incredibly well-developed and also a really well-performed character in Jamie. Um, The stuff that he goes through with the dictator, you know, being the, the, the guy that takes care of the horse and, you know, the torture that he goes through at the end and the, you know, the reconciliation that he has with his family, like... That stuff is really fucking interesting, but that's because Alejandro is writing the movie from the point of view of how do I make my character a hero for the big screen? Mm-hmm. What do I have to put this guy through? What do I have to say about him? And like, listen, I can ask you about your father's character traits or I can ask you about your own and you have way more to say about your father, obviously, because you've spent most of your life thinking about your parents, thinking about your friends, thinking about your family. Mm-hmm. Um and I, so I thought that was noticeably missing here. When you, you, Jamie's still in the movie, and he's still great in the movie. Yeah, I love Brontus's performance, and I love the thing at the end. I kind of wanted more of that throughout the movie. I wanted more of the this boy's life, you know, ab- abusive father parable, uh, the redemption <laughs> at the end. Sure, the, you know, the the sort of standing for what he believes politically and socially or whatever. Like that was the stuff that more interested me than. Alejandro was just bumbling around with a bunch of beatniks. You don't like those characters, I think. That's part, part of it, too. I, no, yeah, just, the whole I, crowd I he was hanging before, out was, with, I was yeah. not interested in. It's just less defined. Well, that's fair. I, I'm not sure that's what this part of the story needs. Because yeah, I, I and the thing is, I, I would agree with you that like I probably would have liked the movie even that much more if Brontus was, was more of a presence in this movie. But like that's also, like I can't come down on it too much because... That's just not the story. Well, it doesn't have to be Brontus's story, but I did feel like the character of Alejandro in this one couldn't carry the movie in the same way Brontus could. And if he was maybe written a I little was more say, fully. Not, not in the same way. They're yeah. very different. But as you know. said, it's more internal, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's just, a, and I, I really do think this is more of a taste thing than an objective sure. sort of thing. Because I've seen arguments where people are like that self-discovery is just more fascinating than possibly anything mm-hmm. Alejandro's ever done, including the dance of reality, mm-hmm. which I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not totally on board with, but if you think that that's always cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like, I mean, we're just kind of reacting to it, you know, the way you would any strange piece of work, yeah. which is nice. You yeah. know, 
I can never say that about most. We're we're gonna have interesting thoughts to say about Scream when we get to that. But yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> it's a taste thing. Adam and I have a uh, just a, a monster of a podcast oh, coming God. Your yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> we're, we're going hard in the paint on fucking Scream, man. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. Scream, baby. Uh, let's talk about the plot of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. So, um, I mean, we pick up with the young Hodorowski boy at the beginning, and they move to, uh, they move to Chile, right? Mm-hmm. They move to a different city in Chile. They move to Santiago. Oh, Santiago. Right. Okay. So, um, it picks up with his childhood, and then very quickly we see him grow up into first a young boy. And then an actual, you know, adult man, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he leaves home and uh, basically realizes that he, like, hates his family. And, you know, his dad won't let him enjoy art is one of the big things. So His dad's he, still a prick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it now, maybe this also kind of hurts the original movie because it's like we feel like we had this character change at the end of the first movie. Right. But it was all like a facade. Possibly, yeah. I yeah, see but that's mean. life, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's like, maybe it's more realistic that way. Yeah. Yeah, you make big proclamations that you're going to change, and then you just don't. You don't change. Or you maybe yeah. change for a month, and then you go back. You cancel um, the gym membership. Well, they do. They wrote back around this this thing you're talking about, though, Nick. And I guess we'll get to that ending. But like, like, yeah. yeah. But they do acknowledge it, though, is what I like. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the mother character actually says, "I thought you changed. I thought you weren't going to be like this anymore. Like I thought you would loosen up a little bit." So they they actually do acknowledge it explicitly, right? You know, and Jamie's also aware of it too. He thinks like he's still doing the best job he can as a parent, mm-hmm. right? And um, he decides to leave home and just kind of join other artists and go become a poet. Mm. And um, it's sort of just about his escapades as a young man, like the people he met that sort of influenced him artistically. Um, other poets and other, even not poets, just random artists. And I mean, honestly, the movie is kind of, uh, kind of like a, well, kind of like a road trip movie. What's the, what are those called? I mean, it's sure a road trip, like a a road movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of a little bit. It's a, it's a slice of life kind of hangout movie. It's kind of, it just like things just sort of happen to the character and then it's, they just, go away you know it's like this person entered his cousin says that he's in love with him they kiss yeah and that's the end of that it's it's just very you could tell it's various points in Hodorowsky's life of actual people that like he still remembers that had some sort of impact on him so how much of this stuff do you actually think happened well like literally happened or because none of it literally happened the way his movies are they're so fantastical do you think his younger cousin, gay cousin, was in love with him? Uh, yeah, possibly. So, yeah, I think so. I think I think I definitely a gay man of some sort at that age tried mm-hmm. to approach him. I think it's his cousin. Yeah, it could be. And I I know that red the redhead uh what's what's her name Sarah? Yeah, yeah, she was a real person. Okay. Do you think that Enrique is a real person? Mm-hmm. Do you think that Sarah? looked like his mother which is a good question was a big yeah so woman so it's very interesting how he did Real that right? shit going on here yes. he cast the same exact woman yes to play like his first love interest right it's yes. the, the woman playing <laughs> the woman his mother, his mother. Yeah. i i don't quite know what this means because i know exactly what it means well, I, I think, I, it, I know, I think it's like, very explicit i know what precisely it means. what it means <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's wants like, to fuck his mama. Yeah, but like his mom, I like hate didn't like him in real life, and he was the product of rape apparently. So yes, it raises a lot of funny questions. <laughs> sure does. I think well, it just, you should talk to this, your creepy clown friends about it. I sometime. guess I should. <laughs> You should ask them for an opinion. I guess I should. You should ask the Wiccan for an opinion <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah, there's a lot of fucked up psycholo- psychology yeah. going on yeah. under the surface here. <laughs> yeah. Freud. The thing that is most extraordinary to me Freud. about Horowski is how intentional this is, though, and how self-aware he is. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's the thing that's most fascinating, because like yes. he made the choice. He explicitly made the choice. Now I understand why in the first movie he said she has to be this big breasted woman who she has to look this way because she did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. So. But he's honest very, about it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's way honest. too honest, mm-hmm. which is very rare. Can you be not too just honest in directors. when you're making movies? Well, yes. Yeah, it's, it's an argument, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just rare in filmmakers or an artist. It's rare in people. Like you never find somebody this honest with themselves. No. He's also 90. Yeah, he doesn't give a He's shit. He's also like, fuck it. My grandmother. He has very this great monologue. Too. Oh, and he talks about yeah. great That monologue about getting old. He says, getting old is uh, like a gift. It's not a bad thing. It allows you to uh, open up sep- more. Yeah, yeah, it separates you from everything. Separates yeah. you from sex, separates you from money, separates you from desire and all that stuff. It's just you exist. And I don't know how Nico was reacting to that one. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, the quote I love <laughs> that I really related to was when um, the. The older Hodorowsky says to younger Hodorowsky, um, you're not afraid of dying. You're afraid of living. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because, you know, here's the old man who's not afraid of anything. And the young man's like, I'm so afraid of death. It's like, no, you're not. You're just afraid. Yeah. Of- yeah. <laughs> this is great. Which is like, I definitely felt that. That's pretty good. Not afraid <laughs> oh, yeah. of dying, afraid of living. Yeah. The, the, the stuff at the end of the movie is quite beautiful. Yes, I mean, I all like the last 20 minutes when Hodorowsky is just talking directly to the camera. It's again, it's one of those things like directness is not always bad. You know, like mm-hmm. subtlety is obviously a, it's a standard that we judge a lot of art on, particularly movies. But yeah. sometimes I, you can just I, I say the that. thing. I hate right. that. I, I have a few. I know a few friends who like. They tell me they hate certain movies specifically because they weren't subtle. And I'm the same way. I, and I'm, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. It doesn't need to be subtle. Oh, Nico and I get into arguments all, all the, the time. time. And it's, it's you know, it depends. I always say, no, it just depends. And this right. is a great, I mean, with a movie that is so specifically about just showing everything that you are and everything that you've ever been, as a matter of fact, yeah. then yeah, it doesn't make any sense to be like totally subtle yeah <laughs> it would be disingenuous if he was hiding a little more that's not what this is about right so yeah it's I, interesting I think, right. I think that's a fair point yeah o- overall with this movie i would say like it was fairly just like yeah things just happen whatever but the the high moments of this movie i think were better maybe than the I, high moments of the other movie do you know the, what i mean like there, well, there are certain moments that really stand out to me i basically cried at the end with him and his father that was gorgeous yes yeah he, he fucking takes a razor out to cut his father's hair and i'm sobbing it's, it's like what is like how is this as moving as it actually is did way- we mention the fact that the guy playing uh Hodorowsky here is uh aiden Hodorowsky? It's, an, it's another son it's his another son. son yeah yes yeah so this is <laughs> aiden shaving brontus's head but it's <laughs> it's aiden playing his father brontus playing his grandfather yeah correct. <laughs> the youngest brother shaving the head of the oldest brother right yeah that's what that's what's really going on <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's 
It's incredible. But the, the fact, fact that, that they all look family. exactly alike, though, there I know. is an added. I mean, I fucking Aiden looks just like it. Aiden I looks know. the most like. I know. Alejandro. It's crazy. They have the same sort of mouth, the like protruding mouth with yeah. the teeth yeah. and the lips. Like it's exactly the nose. It's, yeah. It's perfect oh though. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that and do it this well, like like with a movie that is so much about poetry, there, then that connection really just hits home a little bit more too. It does. Uh, God, I can't believe he convinced me that it was okay for his father to hate him. Yeah. I was like, I was like, how is this a good thing? And then he explained it, and I'm like, wow, I, I'd never even considered that. That's so smart. Yeah, but by hating me, you like show me how <laughs> yeah. important love was. Yeah, exactly. Right, or something like that. By never giving me anything, you well, opened me up to have everything. I'm right, like, right. Wow. And it's not, and, it, and it's not just like acknowledging those things. He thanks his father. Yes. He literally says like, "You shaped me." Yeah. yeah. You know. It, it's it, it is beautiful. Dude, um, could you imagine if we were in fucking high school having this conversation? What a bunch of fairies we would have called ourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the amount that we've changed. Like even at the beginning of this, this show, is, like anytime we, you know, like I would have cast this shit off as just artsy fartsy nonsense. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, this is the, you're talking about the, the Nico, Adam and Nick's from high school where yes. we saw like 2001 and we're like, this is boring. Right. And you were like, Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> Fight Club's still great, but like, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. 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 Rest in peace, meat love. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, God, oh my club. <laughs> no, no, a hundred percent. Or like, yeah, I would. But, I watched fucking, I don't know, Memento, yeah. and I was like, yo, movies can be this. You're like Inception should have won Best Picture. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> I'm so over that shit. Yeah, like Memento and Inception both. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I do feel like it is. Speaking of Jabril again, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he called me. He he said to me the other day. He goes. Like, because uh, he said he was like sick of like normies. He's like, uh, normies are so annoying. Like, nor- like non film people when they like talk about movies. I go, yeah, but film nerds are fucking awful too. And he's like, you're kind of a normie film nerd, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you kind of are. I think I am. I understand what you mean. I think I have all the knowledge, well, but I just like it, garbage. It's because you're a film nerd who spent seven years watching some of the shittiest movies out there. Well, yes. you like certain. You don't even like all we've, garbage. You like certain kinds of garbage. Yeah, we've important. shaped ourselves <laughs> into a very unique, we, or we've. I should say we've painted ourselves into a very unique corner. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we have been forged in the flame of the, in the cauldron of bad movies of yeah. mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird though. It's like yeah, like. It's it. I just imagine what the fifteen-year-old Nico would have said about a movie like this. Like yeah. I would have been insufferable, and here I am now. Like, oh. well, the thing is, I I ask myself that question a lot too, and I wonder, like, were there any movies even remotely like this that I would have seen back then? And right. I, and I comb my braid, and no, honestly, there really isn't. It was just Kubrick, and that was that. There's got to be some though. Or there's there's de- put it this way, there's definitely some that you saw at the time that you loved, mm. and then you'd watch it now, and you'd be like, this is just trite garbage. Yeah. You know, the weirder thing what happens is when you revisit it at a certain age and you decide you don't like it and then you give it a couple more years and then you revisit it and you're like, I like it again. Yeah. And that's a very strange mental gymnastics that kind of happens that I sometimes don't even understand. It's a hard balance to strike film. I guess we're not critics, but we're, we kind of engage in film criticism, don't we? A, By doing this. A very amorphous form of it. Yes, <laughs> where we tell twenty minutes of 
Wiccan sex stories That's beforehand. True. I mean, you know. Yeah. Pauline <laughs> Kale wasn't really leading with that in the no, opening pair. She should have. That would have been so funny. <laughs> Just this aside about nothing. <laughs> Before. Okay, now let's get to the review. <laughs> But I had mashed potatoes for dinner last night, and God, they sucked. They were just the worst. <laughs> but it's it's like it's a tough tightrope because at the same time you don't want to be the asshole that's like you know all like YouTube criticism, all bro criticism, all you know CGI Marvel stuff is bad. Like it's, but you also. You want to have some sort of taste and expertise that you wouldn't. It's really hard to be a, a common man's critic. Do you know what I'm saying? I find that a very difficult line to walk sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where I don't want to sound pretentious, but I also don't want to sound like I, I'm a blogger for Barstool Sports. All right. You know? I've always thought I'm fairly good at that. You're pretty good at that. I'm worse at it than you. Yeah. I recommend that, like, like, you know, I think, like, for me anyway, the fact that I'm just as okay with Friday the 13th as I am, like, eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. I don't care. I, I'm the common man in this equation. I'm yeah, not yeah. the critic. <laughs> but I'm like, just the you, guy. Do you think, <laughs> like, it's annoying? But a lot of people find it annoying when it's, like, we, like, spit out all these film terms or whatever when we're talking about a Marvel movie. Or, you know, like, do, are you bothered by the sort of the elitism of it? Because a lot of people are, I think most, but like, I don't approach it that way. Like when I read a review of something or I read anything about anything, I want the most dense, jargon heavy, impossible to understand type of analysis. I want experts talking like experts. Like Mm. I don't want things dumbed down. I don't read any like film essays personally. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's another interesting difference. But not even with film. Like, if you're explaining anything to it, like, if you're explaining, Any- like, how to fucking change a tire, like, give me... Oh. You know what I... Like, I like people... Even if I don't know what they're talking about, I like experts talking about expert things. That's true. You I, know I, what I mean? Uh, certainly, well, that, that, now, that is something I can relate to when it comes to, like, videos. Like, like when... listen, Just listening to Alejandro or listen... My, one of my favorites is just listening to David Fincher talk about movies. Sure. But one of the reasons yeah, I... But you like movies, though. That's not what I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. I'm approaching this from the point of view of maybe someone casually likes movies in the way that you might casually, casually like cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're bothered by oftentimes the type of discourse that we have. Mm-hmm. And I, but I don't think I feel that way about other areas of life. Maybe I do. I don't know. Like that don't have anything to do with movies or music. Or yeah. Stuff like that. Like I feel like I, yeah, I talk to me. I, I can't play an instrument to save my life, but talk to me about chord progressions and major and minor chords. And like, <laughs> there are like, definitely times that. where Adam and I will talk about things and you'll just zone out. Yeah. We'll talk about games and that's, that's a big, yeah. and like the complexities of like what makes a game special or bad and like the developments of certain But I'd rather so. have the the nerdy conversation about it than the surface level conversation. Like I don't need you I to dumb you down the video game talk in order to draw me into it. But I feel like oftentimes that's what people ask for with film criticism. It's like talk to me in a language that I understand so I can be welcomed into your world. But oftentimes film people are the most exclusive people. They want their club to be sort of closed circuit. Kind of. But, dude, most people are not, you know, cinephiles. Most people just want to go to a movie Friday night and they all they really want to know was was the movie fun or was it boring? And it's as simple as that. Right. So I think it goes to what was something else we were talking about earlier, which is just like. Do you do things to shut your brain off or do you do things to turn your brain on Both. and it's different right. for everybody and right. it depends like yep. uh, you know some people play video games to turn their brain on or some do it to turn their brain off and yeah. is it 
for fun? Is it a hobby or is it an escape? Yeah. You know? It depends. And I don't, I hate it to death when people say it's about that thing. Right. When art is this and art is that. And it's like, well, no, it could be all of those things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other. I, you know, and I've said this in the past. The one thing I hate more than anything is when people make value judgments on certain areas of media or art or music and they claim that this is the correct way. I'm like, but is it the correct way? Right. Can there be multiple correct ways? I mean, I've seen it any, any, any which way, frankly. Let me get back on my Mad Men high horse for a brief okay. second. Okay. <laughs> yes. This was this was something that Nico and I were talking about. Actually, is just the fact that like, what makes that show so good in terms of television is the fact that it can be watched as casually or as intensely as you want. Right. Like it is a show that you can totally watch in the background and not give a shit about, and right. it will be just as enjoyable. And you can miss all of the illusions, there. all the symbolism, yeah. all that. Like right. Yeah. Or you can sit there and analyze every frame, and yeah. it's. A great time like it both, plays ways. both ways right. right where whereas like there's certain shows or movies like for years the reason i was afraid to watch so many good movies is because i was afraid to watch them casually yes yeah. the reason i hadn't seen the godfather until i was 24 right is because i was afraid to watch it casually i wanted right. to watch it intently and finding things that you can watch casually and still appreciate them or watch them with that intensity is rare right this movie does not fit into that camp, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, you kind of right. But you can't yeah, watch this you, casually. You, you kind of feel a responsibility. It's like, well, this is this sacred thing that everybody has put on a pedestal, and therefore right. I must consume it in the way that is expected of me. Well, and that's what's interesting about the MCU is yeah. the movies individually. None of them should be watched intensely like that. They're all casual. Yeah. But like the MCU as a whole has sort of created this illusion that we need to be watching them more intensely and picking up all of these things yeah. or at least watching them promptly yeah i guess <laughs> watching them soon is the other thing too you can't get spoiled on it because you need to be a part of something mm-hmm. right yeah, there's a lot which of importance I, around it yeah which i don't buy into because nothing oh, no. in the mcu matters but here's the fucking thing it's like okay so the the film critics on youtube that only review mcu stuff and just raved about how great the last spider-man movie is are they not wrong like it should is is that a valid form of criticism are they doing something valuable are they are they doing something insightful like it because i have a hard time i just i'll just say frankly and maybe i'm an ass i'm a pompous asshole for saying this but i feel like i spend much more time watching and thinking about movies than those people do and therefore the thing that we're doing here as silly and useless as it is which it is criticism is always useless it's a little more valid i think i think it's a more valid exercise Mm. well discussing it yeah. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if Hodorowski would agree with you. Maybe not. No. Maybe Hodorowski loves Far From Home or No Way Home well, or whatever. I don't think it's that's called. the case. I think he just thinks that nothing matters and just live and enjoy yourself. It's kind yeah. of kind of where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're yeah. just we're we're working on this project, the secret project, the three yeah, of us yeah. behind the scenes, and I've been thinking about this question a lot. What of like of what kind of thing are we trying to make here? And who are we making this for? And is there a tightrope you can balance, you know? I feel like Roger Ebert walked that tightrope. Very well, yeah. Right? I would say so. Uh-huh. Would, you know, just review Akira Kurosawa movies and whatever and rave about them, but then, like, also would have positive things to say about popcorn stuff and also put it in a language that was easy for the everyman to understand. Yeah. You know? Well, I get... The, well, and this is the thing. Like, I think he probably recognized that there is an importance to that stuff because sometimes one fuels the other. Mm. Um... I 
you know, and I, I would get in fights with film professors about this. I've told you this story before where I once uh, had a little altercation with a film professor at Yale, of all places. Mm. And he was telling me that, uh, like, he hated action movies on principle. Right. And that always confused me because I'm like, well, what are silent films? Right. Are they not action films, technically? Right. right. What do you yell before every take? Right. Right. Action. <laughs> It's like that's a really bizarre thing to say. Action is like one of the fundamental tenets that makes film what it is. You don't have a film without movement, without action. Yeah. What are you talking about? All of the films I watch are just a collection of still images. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, just sit in rooms and talk about things. But but it was helpful. I'm glad he did that because it was. This was a Yale professor that said that? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's that great moment where it's like, okay, I know the so called experts are just totally full of shit. In my you experience, know? the more letters you have after your name, the less you have to say. <laughs> Dude, this is not just save your fucking money, man. Like this is what you're getting in college. You know, you're getting guys that are like action films on principle. He said on like, principle. Oh, action films on principle. No. I'm like, what? What a fucking moron. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Like I get, but the 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 sort of the slug line on this podcast the sort of ethos of this podcast for us i think has always been talking about bad movies in the way that you talk about good ones as you should talk about the trash with the elevated language you would use to talk about uh fucking a michael haneke film or something you know like (laughs) take that same sort of or in some cases we talk about michael haneke films here but you know what i mean we use that language to talk about dirty work Mm -hmm. use that and like that to me is the sweet spot. I don't know if people like it. Who knows? Enough people like it where they're listening now, but and if they don't like it, fuck them. Right? <laughs> wow. I'm just you know, back to back to um, action though, and back to this movie. Yeah. Right. Sure. One of the scenes that stuck out with me uh, a lot was um, them talking about him and his poet friend talking about how poetry is an act. Mm. I love that line. They're not. They're <laughs> saying poetry is not words. Poetry is an act. And so they that walk is in a sort straight of line. they make walking in a yeah. straight line interesting. It's so fun. That was my favorite. That was my favorite part of the movie. My Love favorite that. part that of the movie great. is the two of them decide they're going to walk in a straight line, and they approach this woman's house and they go, "Excuse us, miss. We're trying to walk in a straight line. May we go through your home?" And then they walk through her home and they go, "Oh, this bed is in the way. Can we step over it?" And she puts a blanket down, and then they walk out the window. I, I yep. mean, God, it made me want to try this. I loved it. I really I did. I want to try walking in I a sort, straight line. I sort of do too. <laughs> and, well, because you think movie, about like what that would actually be like. I do that a lot when I'm driving. Like, what if I just went off this way? Right. You know, it's right but, there. But, I have to go off the exit here, and I gotta go. Th- it's like, meanwhile, I've never gone down that road. It might be like two minutes away from your house, and you've never even explored that road. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's yeah. Just, why not but, just drive there? That but is this, where the innocence <laughs> in this movie does come into play, though, yeah. and how like the poetry kind of brings out that child in Hodorowski, and you see it in just those wonderful scenes like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more than just that, though, because in saying poetry is an act, and we're talking about films as action, I mean, it's yeah. essentially the thesis is this movie is poetry. Film it is. is poetry. It is. Art, Absolutely it is. Sure is. is of course it is. Which sure is, is. Sure, maybe it sounds obvious to you guys, but yeah. that's the thesis, right? I mean, and what I love about it, too, is we get a scene later where he's... um. He meets a clown from his original hometown and he joins the circus for a day and he does this big circus act and he, he's making everybody laugh. And then he says, I'm not actually a clown. I'm a poet kind of right. thing. That's Which, right. Also, scene, also one in the same in a lot of ways. That scene right. fucked me up. That you know was I mean? a whoa. <laughs> whoa. 
And but that to me was this whole idea of like you know a lot of people might think of the circus as like a low art, maybe maybe not, you know. Yes. Art yes. is art. Art is poetry. Poetry is life. I mean, yeah. I don't well, know, man. I, I think why, this movie really has like a very cohesive message. Yeah, and literally is, in that scene, he strips down naked. Now, there's yeah. a lot of scenes in the movie yeah. where people strip down naked. But Everybody's he, naked. It, it's the great Allen Ginsberg quote where it's like the the poet stands naked on stage. Mm. Like that. That is the point of poetry yep. it's just to bear all right and so he yep. literally does that and yep. he's applauded as this sort of messianic figure <laughs> that gets carried through the crowd yes yeah it's good stuff but also it, that fine line you're a clown too yeah. like what you're doing is you're you're also a clown like the purpose that a clown serves not that different from the purpose that a poet no. serves and this is what i hate and we're i guess we're getting to it again it's like why the conversation surrounding art is so difficult and it's always evolving is that it's you know, you can maybe argue it's impossible to uh, define. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing here, you know, where criticism of art is, you know, and I've said in the past, it's kind of dumb. Sure. It's, it's kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, but we do it anyway. But we do it anyway. Yeah. Cause it's fun. Yes, exactly. Cause it is fun definitely thing. fun. It's enjoyable. Yeah. You know, though, like <laughs> criticism is an exercise in like, it's exploration of that art. It's trying to find meaning in it. We don't criticize because your criticism shouldn't come from a bitter place. Well, it's it doesn't become, come from it's become thumbs up, thumbs down. That's and bad. that's what I hate right. about it. Yeah, right. which is that's the bad thing. But the act of criticism as an individual thing is important. It's something yeah. that you need to do to experience. How, how can you appreciate art if you're not discussing digging digging through the it. dirt? Yeah, when you know you what I mean. When you close the book on it, that's what this is. That's sort of Crit where I say that's criticism the as a you noun is yeah. bad, but criticism as a verb. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah, thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like going through yeah. the action of criticism yeah. is a I'll, good thing. I'll tell you what, though, and coming back to talking about us, it's one of those <laughs> things that I've noticed about our podcast a lot that I like to stray away from is we start the conversation. Did you like it or didn't you like it? Sure. I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care whether or not you liked it. You know what <laughs> we, I mean? Like we, I, we do it though because we're trying to gauge where we're all at. Right. And no, but, that's, but that's a natural thing. I mean, that's anytime you walk out of a movie when, when you're with friends, the first question is, did you like it? Well, I, it, it's I actually, not I'll really relevant. You, I hate getting asked that question. That is always an my least right? favorite question. Yeah, yeah it's Whenever an awful people question, ask but it's you, always did you like the, the movie? One. I'm always like, I don't know. Does that matter? When I see because movies with Adam, that's where the conversation starts. Yeah. But it, but it's like we're trained to think that way because everything has been made into this binary. You know, everything has mm -hmm. been this good or bad, thumbs up, thumbs down, one to five stars. Um, whereas, yeah, that's kind of the least interesting part of talking about movies is trying to figure out if they're good or not. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's, I, I try to stray away from it a little bit, you know. For, for, me, for me, the act of criticism is... It's the act of exploring, though. It's not so much yeah. right. determining whether something is good or not. It's sure. Something just is, right? Sure, sure. Maybe, well, maybe Hodorowsky's rubbing off on us though and making us yeah. all yeah. who knows crazy, <laughs> turning us into a bunch of poetas. Ooh, <laughs> poeta, 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 poeta. I love every time somebody comes out and says, "I'm a poet." Everybody just starts chanting poeta, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's fucking Jesus reborn. They're throwing stars on him or whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. Stars. That was interesting. Uh, uh, what, what were some of the stand? I guess we don't have to go through the whole plot. You, you kind of get the point. Hodorowsky becomes a poet. He starts wandering around. Weird things happen to him. There are yeah. people without arms. Well, yeah, he meets it's like the, he meets the first love of his life, who's a muse, and she's like a big, like kind of honestly kind of like a filthy woman like she drinks yeah. like twice as much as him yes. literally like if he orders a pint she gets a double pint like that's just that's actually how it just goes she's a proper irish babe guys yeah 
Um, they, they go to bar. They go she's to like mean. This, yeah. She beats people up. Right. She like she's meant to be like a like a kind of like filthy, scary kind of person. And it's his muse. She inspires him. It's his first love. Mm -hmm. And then she's kind of out of the picture and we move on. And then we meet his friends. It's just it's just a things happen and these people influence him until finally he leaves. One of his friends is dating a little woman like a a dwarf uh, and uh, they have sex. She, She she cheats on Hodorowsky's friend with Hodorowsky and uh, it's a it's a bloody affair uh-huh. she yeah she mentions she's on her period and then she strips naked and there's just blood everywhere <laughs> like the there's moment <laughs> it, it's uh, a little intense very intense <laughs> there's a line here with the other the redheaded woman where she says something to the effect of I'll let you drink my saliva I'm saving my hymen for you is the I other s- one <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's some I love, you can't just say I'm saving myself for you, which is the normal thing to say. I'm saving my hymen for you. We should mention if you go on Amazon, I don't know how y'all watch this thing. You go on Amazon, you rent it on Amazon Prime. It's rated G. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it is. Yep. Yes, it is. That's the first thing I saw. I pulled it up. Rated G. I saw that too. Yep. Somebody. Clicked Someone the wrong it. letter on the keyboard. Nobody watched the movie on Amazon. That's the problem. Rated Holy shit. G. Rated G. I'm like, what? I want to show this to a young child and then sue Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Can That's I do that? That's actually idea. not a bad idea. That's not bad. It's actually kind of okay. Huh? We have to erase this evidence, but that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's pretty damn good. Just show it to one of your siblings. Oh my god. We could actually probably get away with that. <laughs> oh man. My god. Uh, what's a hymen, daddy? Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that in here. I, I did find it too, because also we're from the point of view of an older man. The sex scenes were a lot more erotic than they were in previous movies. Yeah, they a lot less innocent. Mm. That's true. And I wonder if part of that too. Was that the cinematography? We got a, a legit cinematographer here. Very legit. Um, what's the guy's name? Christopher Doyle. Christopher Doyle, who shot all of the Wong Kar Wai movies, basically. Yeah, including In the Mood for Love and tw- and Twenty Forty Six yep. and all of that stuff. Uh, and you know, has worked with Shyamalan on uh, Lady in the Water. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> It was that your first uh, podcast with us? Your first proper "Why Is This a Thing" podcast, where I was like, not it, not just yeah, I was I was brought on as a regular at that point, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, so they 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 bring him on this like genius cinematographer to work on this movie, and I do think yeah, there was definitely a step up behind the camera. Yes, slightly, you I know. Agree. I agree. But I do wonder if like you know the scene where him and his mother have sex essentially, it, <laughs> that would have been played a little differently in the first movie. Probably. You know, there was like a lot of caressing in that, a lot of close-ups. How do you think he would have done it? Just a thought. Back, back to this woman who <laughs> played only, his mother. I can only wonder. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at back, that. Back, back to this opera singer, though, who played his mother. Last yeah. time we were saying how she was a real champ. Like, seriously. Jeez. Real champ. Real champ. Yeah. Real champ. I She's just, a real it, one. It is really astonishing to me when I see like any sort of performer or just in this case, the actors give that much trust to a director. I don't, I just don't I, know how he does it. That's it's just yeah. crazy. I understand Ugh. his sons doing it a little bit, you know, 
Um, I mean, they were raised by this guy. He's a lunatic. I'm sure they've like been. <laughs> like, they've made enough home videos before with this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, they to know. know what's required. <laughs> I mean, the, like, think about it. His two sons oh, kiss each other on the lips. That they, is true. Like, yeah, but that was more of an intimate. Yeah. Like, I know, that but really I'm just a, saying, like, they, there are a lot of trust. I mean, really. That was a tender. That wasn't like the, the cousin kiss. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't meant to be like anything romantic or anything. But I'm just, I love I'm the just line saying in the cousin scene, by the way, where Hodorowsky's like, can't we just be friends? And the guy <laughs> goes, yeah, but I'd have to hide all my erections. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's such a good line. <laughs> that's a, it's like, been there, Alejandro. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd have to hide all my erections. That's a straight Norm McDonald line. (laughs) Been there, my guy. (laughs) Most relatable part of the movie. (laughs) Can we be friends? Absolutely not. (laughs) Tables would be lifting up and down. down. (laughs) I couldn't drive. It'd be getting in the way. Oh God! <laughs> I feel it. Uh, <laughs> what else? Anything else in this movie? Or should we end it on the erection talk? <laughs> About a good a time as any. End on a high note, you know. Yeah, it's 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 good. I I didn't think it was as good as the original. Although I think at times, like you said, Nick. It does unlock something about aging and melancholy and sort of reckoning with the past, particularly in the last half hour that I thought was oh yeah was pretty excellent. And and, and this movie does feel like a stepping stone to something else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe it suffers from sequel syndrome or prequel syndrome or something where it's setting up mm. for or maybe it's you know, just fi- us. Yeah, mm. he has five maybe movies it's... planned. Maybe it's mm. leading towards something. I don't know how he's going to do it. An Avatar esque plan here. I have, more fa- Give I have me- more faith in a 92-year-old Hodorowsky to finish five movies than I do in James Cameron at this point. 100% agree. Are we supposed to get an Avatar movie this year? Yes. Have you seen any trailers? Yeah. Have yeah. you heard anything? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> this December, I think. Okay. You'll yeah, we'll see. believe it when you see it, right? This is a weird year. For mo- we, have, we have Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones again. Is that this year, too? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that was being worked on or considered. Is James that Mangold. Indiana Jones? There's a new yeah. one? Yeah. What is it? Five? Just five? Indy five. Does Scream five and Indy five. Does it actually have a, a title? Does it have a name? Not yet, no. Just Indiana Jones five. That that'll be the, you know, the unofficial. Stars title. Mads Mickelson, Harrison oh. Ford, Antonio Banderas. Phoebe Waller Bridge is in that too, right? Is she? Yeah. Antonio Banderas. That's a good, yeah. good little pairing. Banderas back. Mickelson, <laughs> dude. Mickelson. Mickelson. Yeah. Mads Mickelson. Oh, I love Mads. He's going to be in those oh, fantastic somebody's cr- movies. Somebody's right? credited as a Nazi. <laughs> oh, go figure. Who would that be? Oh, just a uh, rando. Yeah. Just Christian, Nazi. Christian Peterson as Nazi Sentry and Alex Madden as SS Soldier. Nice. So, so it's, we got some uh, Nazis. Wait a second. What? Yeah, how long are these fucking Nazis around, though? Yeah, I was going to say, what are they... That Indy make, has aged 50 years. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, what? Huh? Those is Nazis a, are still is it a, up to Nazi shit. Is it a flashback sequence? They doing, like, a Halloween Kills thing? Like, Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I never really thought about the Indiana Jones timeline. Okay, so you go the first movie, 
and then the second movie is a prequel. No, I know that, but I'm talking about like the amount of time in between those films. Does it actually sync up with the reality? Is it an history? alternate universe yeah. where Nazis are still a thing? You know that's, what I'm saying? That's the thing, yeah. Because like I feel like what it's it's the 80s by the time they get around to this Indiana Jones. It should be, but it's not going to yeah, be. I feel like treasure hunting is not really a concern it occurs anymore you know <laughs> it's feuding over dinosaur bones it's not really a history yeah. it's not really a how they get a history in. that's viable i feel like but. they'll tie in like king tut somehow or something like that egypt he's never been to egypt that that indiana jones james mangold is directing this right yeah yeah although like i said after seeing west side story i'm like he spielberg could have done it well he, he's he's got the the fablemans coming out right he does this year yeah yeah okay you now I say end Indiana Jones, bring in Nick Cage, do National Treasure again. <laughs> oh, they're doing some TV show. Some National without, Treasure TV show with a bunch of teens. Oh. It's like a bunch of like Disney Channel stars. Okay. They're doing it for Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't know. It probably like drops like next week and we just have no idea. Like that's what happens now. It's like a movie or TV show will come out and it's like, what? I wish they would cool it with like trailers and teasers because it would take away that aspect of culture where people hype it up and then after it comes out no one talks about it right so how about we just get rid of trailers yeah i feel like shit just <laughs> drops though <laughs> well that that's what they gotta i wish they would do that more with cloverfield and actually make the movies good but yeah well yeah i guess it's that yeah but now it's like people don't really care it's like moon Knight drops next week I or know. whatever it's like no one seems to know that there's also a predator movie coming out this year really yeah but directed by the guy that made 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is going to be interesting. There's a predator. I cannot believe they're still going to that well. Yeah, it's not. It's the it's a prequel. It's supposed to be the 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 story where the predator first comes to Earth and he's hunting um, Indians yeah, or Native Wasn't Americans. Wasn't the guy that did the Fargo Is this meant show? to be like the Prometheus of the Predator series? Like, <laughs> No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not going to be like it's not going to be that ambitious. No, let's be honest. The Predator was the Prometheus, I guess, of the Predator <laughs> universe. No, no, this it's not even called Predator. It's called Prey. Yeah, they're getting cheeky with the uh, titles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. That's yeah, clever, clever. I'm actually kind of excited. Um, but how could I not be? <laughs> excited for the batman huh i'll be i'm not that excited for the batman but like yeah i you know it's batman i'm intrigued enough I, it's not so much that it's batman i'm intrigued by it's just like seeing another matt reeves film that i that i'm, I'm cool with so you know unbearable weight of massive talent comes out april 22nd huh. that might be my most anticipated of the year nick uh, cage baby yeah Woo! nick cage revisiting got... his iconic parts <laughs> that's that'll be exciting fun. yeah that's pretty good uh okay that'll do it for today uh anything unless we had anything else to say about Hodorowski I love him is that the end of uh Hodorowski Hanuary <sighs> we could contact him and tell him to make his next couple movies really really yeah, quickly really fast just make them really fast man <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens next week yeah. uh what no no yeah we're good okay um go to the discord get in on the action Lots of debate over there. It's really the it's the it's the public square of the internet. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. too many thoughts. Discord. Mm -hmm. uh, go in, sound off. Tell us why we're idiots. Um, talk to us about it. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> the hottest thing of uh, the past ten years. It. Yeah. 
Two Cents Radio still going strong. Fantasy Book of the Month still going strong. Movie Hall of Fame Scream Podcast will be already in your feeds by the time you listen to this. So go check that out. And I love plenty you. coming and plenty more to come. Go Titans. Go to oh. Go Bangles. <laughs> by now it's already. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's already done. <laughs> Whatever happened happened by now. By the time you guys are listening, Nick placed a sizable wager with me this afternoon. Did, did he? Yeah, I, I was. Did. I was shocked. Against him, mind you. Sizable wager against me. Is he going to be a happy man if he wins? Uh, yes, certainly will. Mm. I will not be. Jeez. But uh, who's the more confident here, though? That's my real question. What do you think? Nico? Well, I've well, Nico has money. facts and statistics <laughs> so, on his side, and I have just pure gut. That's right. Maybe that's all it's about. It's just that gut. Nico's, He's got the Bengals. I got the Titans. Nico, your gut's failing you these days. It is. Uh. Love you guys so very, very much. <laughs> Until next time, you've all been so very, very naughty. Uh, no. 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 no.